I've gotten that question as well. Tell me about your self tape. You had one yesterday. You had to memorize some lines. Memorize, memorize, memorize the three M's. Um, Yeah, bro. Uh, How are you at memorizing? I'm someone say I'm good. Someone's said. Some would say like my mom. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) she's like, oh, my God. My mom thinks I'm great at a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, that makes one of us. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I'm pretty good at memorizing, but and obviously, I think it's just like anything else, like studying for a test, right? Yeah, you just you just uh, hunker down, and it goes right out of your head, and then you just keep going at it. And what was this role? So this is a feature film, kind of a rom com type thing. Uh, it's called like Missing Puppy. Um, and a girl kind of devil wears Prada because the vibe of is working for a woman, uh, like a big boss lady, like celebrity Gwyneth Paltrow esque, and she's supposed to be like watching her dog for the weekend, and the dog escapes and goes off, and the whole community rallies behind her to like help her find the dog or whatever, and uh, while the boss is away, and um, I went up for the roles of like the romantic lead, the guy who's supposed to be like early thirty ish. I said mid thirties and uh, kind of just stretch to early mid thirty. What's that? You feel like you could stretch to mid thirty? No, no. There's other people that <laughs> feel much better. Um, I mean, but also it's one of those things like, does it have to be mid thirty? You know, because like sometimes I'll write a role and I'm like, like the description is mid thirty. Oh, totally. If someone came in who's like a dope twenty five year old, I'd be like, yeah, fuck it. And it just feels right, and you're like, oh. Yeah, word. Um, yeah, I mean, I bet they're think I didn't get the script, but I bet they're thinking that the girl's probably mid twenties and it'd be cool to have a guy like, because she's an in- no, she's not an intern, but she's an assistant, and so make of that what you will. Yeah, the guy. Although it's it like a pay- secretary type situation, boss secretary kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, she strikes me as like very professional, but there's at the beginning of the scene the guy who's kind of like the boy next door type, he moved to the city and then moved back to the small town where they're from. And he's now uh, a pet veterinarian. Where and that wouldn't be you. You're like the love interest that comes after that guy. No, no, that's you are that guy. You're like yeah, the boy yeah. next door and then you swoop in at the end. Well, Both. essentially, I mean, basically she brings her, the dog, the boss's dog into the veterinary and we reconnect. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so excited when your mom said that you were going to come by. And I never thought I'd be back in this place, but hey, here I am. And uh, wow, so good to see. You. And I cracked a couple jokes. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it would be awesome for me. Like, it's such a fitting thing I could do. Um, Fuck yeah. Yeah. That being said, you know, it was fun. And then uh, actually, kudos to the agent because they got me another character audition on the same movie kind of the villain part someone else that works at the veterinary that is like a kind of a eccentric character and he admits that he's obsessed with the celebrity and he ends up being a stalker of her basically but also kind of saving the day it's funny just a little bit of a twist on it and um the thing is audition for both of them self-tapes for both of them Nice. It was, a, it was a next day audition. I had like one day to prepare and I, uh, 
two scenes for the side character, three scenes for the main dude. And like, I have a day job, like obviously, like nine to five. Nine to six. Next day. Next day. Uh, You had two. Crazy. I asked the uh, the rep if they can push it, if I could do it end of day. And they're like, oh, yeah, they did extend it to the next morning, um, which is maybe means that they just told me that. And it was always due the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not, but I wouldn't blame them if they did that because actors are such flakes. But uh, I mean, I feel that, like it's a great strategy on their yeah, end for actors. It, it, it would be. Oh, my gosh. Um and uh so i like man i you know once that comes up it's just like all right game on memorize 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 if i were to meet with a coach he would honestly take away from the time memorizing because basically with that type of stuff especially rom-coms for me at where i'm at it comes down to like how easily do the lines come and then you can just swim in the part and then you can just find like the fun charming moments in the moment that come and of course you like by sitting with it and saying it over and over and over, you start to understand what each line really means, why it's there, what it says about the character, how to play the part, and what he wants. What, Dude, what I feel like you'd be perfectly suited for a rom-com. Like, I could see you popping off on, like, a Netflix rom-com, some shit like that, and that would be your break. I could see that happening. And then you could diversify into some other shit. Yeah. But, like, the exact thing that you're describing, I could see that popping you off. Dude, I would love to just be kind of like the shaggy boy next door. That... Yeah, just do that for a couple of years. And then you can oh, just no. literally First work with what you want. Yeah, exactly. You, you work with some big people. You prove that you can ha- use a lot of screen time, that you can do well with a lot of screen time, and that you're charming, that the audience likes you, and that you have, like, colors. And then, and then you go and do your passion projects about more niche subjects and, you know, kind of take chances. But I totally think it'd be fun to do something like that. And... um but it's a funny little takeaway from it. I'll, I'll point out um, the 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 dude, the main character part went fine. It was good. Um, like I ended up having to use pages, which a lot of experienced actors always have pages in their hand. But I, so I used pages, especially like for my third scenes. Well, I had them, but at the end of the day, I ended up just kind of not needing the pages by like my tenth take, you know, on each scene, and then. Uh, but the the side character who is the villain but eccentric, I had so much fun playing the comedy. Yeah, like on the first take, my mom's just like, "Oh my gosh, you just love playing comedy." And my my response was that I think when it's something that you have to do quickly and memorize lines quickly, and you don't have that much time to sit with it, comedy is so obvious for me to play where the rhythms are. What what would make this part better how to really enhance the sharpen the edges what it needs to be that you don't have time to focus on other crap you have to nail these beats in comedy and so you just start to like swim in it and have fun i'm gonna keep saying that and uh whereas the dramatic part sometimes like if it's just being cool and understanding the psychology like especially if it's not that rich it's like oh it's so (laughs) so boring yeah it's way more one note and you can swim as much as you possibly can. But in that role, like right. the airy, the edges of your pool are way, you know, more condensed. You don't have in as sense, much in a sense. But my funny observation about the comedy, the character part was that 
it's almost those blinders on that make that are so specific about the comedy beats that make it fun to like really blow it out to see what you can find in it um i'll even do like a a sneak peek for you right here and everything with the comedy part you know did you sign an nda or let's go for it I, you know me, I hate when you can't talk about that stuff. <laughs> Bro, watch us. We'll be like signed on to multi million dollar projects and we're just going to be like our podcast. Yeah. Spoiler is- alerts. I'm so, yeah. and I hate when people spoil things, but I had to say a few times recently, like, no, you're around me. I've seen it. Screw you. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah dude. So I'm, I'm at the veterinary and they go, like, hey, are you, are you in the back? And I go, yes. And I come over, like, I have like a shot that sounds like some little boy needs his shot. I have, and I won't, and I won't say the real name of the celebrity, but I go, Oh my gosh. I have to say, I'm the biggest fan of this girl. I mean, ever since her days on TV as a spokesmodel and I like my entire kitchen is filled with her early collection. I mean, it's pathetic. Well, it's beautiful, but you know, I'm pathetic. (laughs) You get it. And I go, she stopping by. Oh, no, really? Well, uh, okay, well, at least you made it to the pub. Now, I promise this isn't going to hurt a bit. (laughs) (laughs) I love how much, like, within those lines, those lines you just delivered, it's so much, your character's brain just, like, goes zig, 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 just, like, all over the fucking place. It's dope. That's that's exciting for me to play, because even though that's a lot, it's, like, so obvious what to do you know you know mean yeah 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 so very clear distinct beats and then within those you can really milk them exactly yeah and within the guidelines of like what it would really be like you know what that type of person would be like and stuff so anyway and then as the dramatics kind of you know it is what it is but uh so anyway that's what i've been doing i i felt cool about that um you memorized last night and you recorded this morning or did you do everything last night so i recorded yesterday afternoon and then kept memorizing because i wasn't that oh, happy yeah. with it and i re-recorded this morning got you yeah and bro good. that's crazy so you're able to memorize go to sleep it stays and then you do it you hope it sinks in more after you memorize you know yeah i could see that happening i'd be paranoid that like i get a good night's sleep and then it's like fuck it's all lost it does enter my mind too but you don't have a choice (laughs) that's stressful as fuck it's hard being an actor it really is it kind of is bro i uh i've been doing a lot more writing a lot more so every day is like two hours for me which that also might not sound like a lot but consistent hours every single day. And I can't even, I don't have like the bandwidth, like the attention span to do two hours sitting down. So I'll do like one hour in the morning and then the second hour midday. And that works out really well for me. But um, that kind of what you're talking about of like the mental toil of just fucking memorizing lines and pushing that shit. It's like, yeah, me sitting at the desk, fucking think like, it's just blank and I'm trying to push through that fucking resistance to get the shit on the page and that kind you know, but if you can push past that shit on your end as an actor, when I'm writing stuff, like then you're golden. By the way, isn't it the same when you're studying for a test? Like what I was doing the first night that I got it, I get it. I come home from work, I get back, no one's in my apartment and I literally sit down in my living room, 
the sunset's nice. And I just, I tell myself, okay, you can like let time go by, or you can say, how much can I get done by eight 30? And I literally just sat there going over and over and over it. People but, say, don't act in the mirror. I fucking, I go in the mirror. I think it's so, it gets you out of your head for some reason. I act to myself, say the lines over and over and over. I look down, I'll say them over and over and over, look down. And I just jam it up. You're just staring at your, your reflection, just fucking going and going and going. I mean, sort of. And you go down, it's, it's not, you know, as dramatic as that might sound. Like, it's literally just... Bro, I would just get you out of your head. Like it's like if you're doing a presentation in class or something, you know? It's like if you're looking at even a reflection of yourself, like usually you're not gonna have a person there to kind of do it with you. We usually don't have that luxury. So like also I think strictly for memorizing, people like to do it someone else, but I think there's a point where you have to do it by yourself. You have to, but anyway, go on. But yeah, I mean, I feel like that's way more beneficial looking at yourself doing it. Like whenever I was memorizing, if I'd be looking down because I went to acting school, yeah, and looking down at the lines and I go over it and over and over it, just me and the page. And then we go up to do it in front of like a class or whatever. And so, bro, like half the time it just go out the window. Yeah. Because of that. You have yeah. to break free of the page. Otherwise, it's like you're only used to doing this thing. And then when you go into the audition room or whatever, you're fucked. It's awful. And like that translates, I mean, you're on so many movie sets all the time. When I, when I go and do a genuine, well, there's something to be said for a, a short film with you, which a lot of times is more atmospheric and you're capturing the point of something rather than like it being so specific to the line. By the way, red dress that we shot with you looks fucking dope. No kidding. I don't know if I updated you on if I'd finished a cut or whatever, but the cuts done, I got uh, my spotting session with the composer tomorrow. So it's moving. That's it cool. looks good, dude. It's a good showpiece for you, bro. It, oh, thank you. It's definitely like a different note from yeah. what we do, which is cool. I, I can't wait. Um, thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, even that, it's like um, you get – wait, what was I? Sorry. Uh, You're saying it was atmospheric, like on yeah. my sets and shit. I don't know if that relates. But – the point it was about lines right like memory. yeah like oh, I, oh and it going out yeah 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 so when you're on like big movie sets or whatever and for me those have been like lifetime movies where like obviously they don't have enough time to like do anything you just have to like not screw up your lines that's right. like the bible it's like know your lines and then keep going and uh but the point you want to get to with that and then on your movie sets as well as the same thing is you don't want to be thinking for a second about lines you yeah. want to, you want to genuinely find what's interesting about the story and play with it, lean into it, find what works this way. The director's going to give you a note. You're going to get into that. Yeah. Think about what would be happening for this character that way. Yeah. What would be interesting this way? And uh, oh, what's really happening? The girl I'm like making her in like your short film. Like I, I'm wow, I'm making her suffer. What would that really be like? You know why? Yeah. What what's going to hint that? Like I'm actually looking at her, whatever. And uh, so it gets fun and kind of psychological and, and, you know, the same thing if you're on a model photo shoot or something, you're like constantly figuring out how to tell the story in the most cinematic way. Interesting. And, uh, model photo shoot, it still translates. Yeah, dude. I, cause people don't want to translate it to stuff that they think is corny, like commercials, photo shoots, whatever. But oh, I think yeah, all of it. Is so I think it helps inform people. And I like to simplify to help people understand rather than over intellectualize it and make yeah. it mystical. And um and on feature films, 
you have to know those lines backwards and frontwards and everyone else's lines too, so that you don't have to worry about them. And then you can start really playing into like same stuff. It all comes back to how do we tell the story? What would I really feel like in real life if I was, you know, greeting these people like that? And oh my gosh, you just said that to me. How can I like seem real doing all this stuff? Yeah. You ever and- seen Clockwork Orange? It's one of my inspirations, yeah. Bro, that part, his smile. There's I brought a- that up to you. What's that? That, that? That's always my inspiration when I have to do kind of an evil smirk. That's what I went from. That's fucking crazy because that's the first thing that I thought of because I've been watching this shit over and over, right? And making cuts, whatever. And that last moment, bro, the last moment where you smile before you clink the oh, glass and you're looking God. over at him, it's that shot. So the fact that that was your inspiration and you were thinking of that frame and I didn't see that frame is crazy. Thank you for one. B, it just hinted to me that that's what would make that the most interesting in that moment of what's happening. Yeah. And C, and that's one of the coolest shots in movie history. In Bro, my mind. You didn't always- count me on that shit at all. I saw that frame and I thought Clockwork Orange. That's fucking crazy. I did was, say it the day of. I don't know. Oh, it, you, ah, yeah, at the very least. Tell me that, bro. It just sounds subconscious. And regardless, though, <laughs> but more to like what you're saying, too, of like, yeah. isn't it funny that sometimes even just before take, you might have an idea in your mind mm-hmm. and you literally just just thinking about it channels it and like it com- it plays. Exactly. And you know what? It's like when you first smile at him, it's just like malicious kind of one note. But it's, it's what it transitions into. And it's such a small nuance, but that kind of a nuance you can't get until you're completely off book. You know that your line's like the back of your hand. And bro, I think like you're the whole play thing, with it. Play with it, exactly. And also how the best artists steal. That's yep. what I mean. Is like, bro, there's this, what I'm writing right now, I'm revising the Fisherman screenplay, okay? And mm-hmm. one of the scenes that I just added out of nothing um, was basically uh, when this girl, when this woman adopts this kid who had like the fucked up childhood or both her parents killed herself. She adopts this kid. And before she does, or she like, she's in this room, this play area with a bunch of other children. And she gravitates towards this one child who had the fucked up life. She doesn't know it yet, but she's by herself kind of like playing with the stuffed animal or whatever. And then after she goes into a meeting with the foster care leader or whoever like owns the place. And I thought immediately of the scene from the shining in that moment where uh, back in the beginning is with Ullman before he takes the job when they're like separated by the desk and beat for beat. I like referenced the screenplay, but I really wasn't, I wasn't going like beat by beat there. It was more like from my mind, what worked. And I was able to deliver all the information in like the same cadence as that scene from the shining. And it fit fucking perfectly. And it elevated it in a way that it wouldn't have, if like I hadn't referenced that moment. I I feel like, yeah, it's demonized in some ways to steal stuff. Like we're, we're talking like, for some reason, that's not that widely talked about. It's getting more so now. But if you hear like Nicolas Cage talk about his performances, he'll he's like, oh, no. So I was like, you know, totally referencing this art piece. 
And you know his his references tend to be a bit more intellectual or like you know yeah. important, but he's like, oh, you know this this whole exhibit at uh, the Met in in New York was doing this thing on Spanish conquistadors in the 1700s, yeah. and I wanted to really channel that type of thing. And you're just like, dude, however you get there, but the point is <laughs> that he has tons of visual kind yeah. of uh, um, specifics to go to, yeah, little things. And, but I don't think stealing is the right term. They say the best artists steal. I feel like stealing, stealing, and what is actually frowned upon is if you completely, like, writing-wise. Yeah, writing-wise, if you were to literally take the exact line, like in the room where he's like, you're you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Totally. That's fucking stealing a line. But, like, if you capture the emotion of that moment and all this shit, like, bro, there's there's been stuff. Well, obviously, too, this isn't like an official stance. Like, this is an ongoing debate that people have in general. There's not completely a right answer, but I think it's an interesting topic. But what were you saying, Star? I feel like if you only draw from your own self and you're like, I can't look at anything or it might be stealing. That's boring. It's so fucking boring. And all you're going to be able to draw from is your own life experience. And there is a ceiling to that. I feel like. Also, like, by the way. What is the difference between stealing from a movie or an art piece and stealing from real life? I mean, like what you see in someone else. I mean, these comedians, Dana Carvey, talk about all the time that someone that you do a a character of is a character until they become famous. Then it's an impression. Because impressions of are it's like, oh, you can do an impression of Nicolas Cage, but then if you just knew someone that talks like this, whoa, then that's it. If you were in the Groundlings or Saturday Night Live and you did that person, your best friend, they tell you to do like visuals of your best friends and stuff. And those are characters. True. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's merely a matter of like keeping your integrity, but Robin Williams would come up to Dana Carvey all the time and go, Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I took, I took your, you know, uh, happy man bit. And I, I think I really took it from you, and it was horrible. I, I, I repeated it. In the funny thing is, bro, I'm seeing from you that impression is Robin Williams doing Dana Carvey. It's not even Dana Carvey. It's like <laughs> maybe it's just the context. I, I appreciate the degrees. But bro, of um, the thing is, I feel like as artists, you should engross yourself in the medium of what you're trying to do. I personally don't love watching horror anymore because I've seen so much of it at this point, And it's my whole fucking life that if I just want to turn my brain off and watch something, horror is usually the last thing I want to see. And that's true for a lot of artists. Like yeah. I know comedians and stuff who are like, yo, I do not want to fucking watch comedy. Oh my God. The whole yeah. life. And so I don't really watch as much horror now, but the thing is to this point, I have seen basically everything yep. because I loved it. So I was like a huge fan before I was an artist. And so those years, what that gave me are all the reference points. It's all the stills. It's the shots. It's the emotion that I'm trying to capture. And I think if you don't have that, again, like we're saying, you're going to limit yourself as an artist. I I do too. And it's about kind of having a healthy relationship with that. Yeah. Uh, Switching gears a little bit. Burnt Mill is entering phase two. No kidding. We're done with phase one. It's concluded. Throwing it in the Phase one's done. We have some shorts in the hopper that we've already shot that we're going to continue up the weekly trend. Um, But here's the plan moving forward. What is it? Beforehand, our whole goal and the aim 
of releasing weekly shorts was to build an audience. But part of the reason why we're moving away from that is seeing what Crypt TV has done, talking to people who are over at Crypt. Crypt TV, for context, is the largest horror community YouTube channel. I think they made it to like three point something million subscribers on YouTube. They were the king of horror shorts for the longest time. And I think they put out like 550 shorts, something fucking crazy. Okay. Uh, they've moved completely away from YouTube. If they would have done something different going back to the beginning, mm-hmm. it would have been focusing exclusively on their highest performing IP and using that to drive towards traditional model of film, a TV series, whatever. They were just staying in the short space, but here's where the issue is. Their subscribers aren't just their subscribers. The way that the YouTube model is laid out is they're basically YouTube's subscribers. Does that make sense to you? Because if the way the ad model is set up, you're always feeding the beast. Yeah. Not this one-to-one relationship between creator and fame and audience. Audience is a way better term. Um, So here's what we're going to be doing differently. We, there are most highest performing IP, obviously, is the fisherman. Obviously. Uh, I am almost done the fisherman screenplay. There are two other ideas I've been developing with my producer, Ken, um, where we've gotten far as in like, these are things that we've been tossing back and forth for like a, a year and a half. And it lays a framework. We know that both of these ideas have the legs to be really compelling horror features. So here's the plan moving forward. We're going to be focusing exclusively on releasing shorts that have to do with that IP. Switching gears over to, wait, before actually I move over there. Um, it's it's going to be crazy for me to like let down this weekly short thing. Uh, a good transition for me is going to happen. The fact that we're still going to do the daily uh, release during October, like we talked <laughs> about before, we're still going to do that. And I, yeah. I'm actually glad that we're doing that because that's going to be a final, like after I get through that shit. Transition. Yeah, I'm going to be like, fuck, like I need to pump the brakes a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. um, But it's not going to be an original. We're not going to be throwing out originals every day during October and no longer every week because that model was just throwing shit at the wall, an original idea and hoping people are going to love it. We now know one idea that they love and we also know ideas that will work for features So we're now just driving towards features, which was always the goal. It wasn't to stay as short films as opposed to like, oh, let's just throw some shit at the wall and hope it sticks. Yeah. So because of that, during October, we're releasing a short every day, but we're going to split it in thirds. One will be Fisherman and then the other two 10 day spans will be the other two ideas that we have for features. Mm -hmm. Moving over past October, we're going to be releasing a short likely every month. And it's going to be a high end part two, three, four, five of one of those three feature concepts. That's the plan moving forward. 
Now let's pivot to the TikTok short that you're developing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Still very down to do it. It's the one exception because obviously, come on, it's you. There we go. There, yeah. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. I would okay. love, and I feel like this would be beneficial for everyone involved. Yeah. We should use the same model. We shouldn't look at that as this is just going to be a short. Yeah. should develop it out and see and poke holes through it and see if it has okay. the potential to be lengthened out to a feature version. Because think- at the end of the day, that's what we all want to do. So, yeah. yeah, bro, that's phase two. We're already moving into it. Like I said, we already have like, we still have, I think, seven shorts. No, no, eight shorts in the hopper that will still be releasing weekly. But yeah, bro, that's that's what we're doing moving forward. Congratulations. So you feel that you guys are at the point where you're ready to like stop messing around. You guys have the audience. You have the people that have watched the videos, commented, subscribed, and now you want to not beat around the bush. You want to like go into what you guys really want to do. Exactly. It's just more, it's more intentional. It's more like it's clear vision of what we want at the end of all this, as opposed to just like, like, bro, I was just in the mode of like weekly short, weekly short, but like, why are we making a weekly short and why is it a different idea every time? Well, at the very least for you is an exercise of like, how much can you force yourself to be creative and disciplined? I'm definitely um, like a better filmmaker also at the end of all that too. You know? Yeah, I, I would imagine so. Um, yeah, by the way, so I met with Laura and we brainstormed a bit on stuff. Uh, it's it's not easy, yet, dude. I, I, I give you a lot of respect for writing a lot. What? Brainstorming or what? No, no, brainstorming is easy. <laughs> <laughs> Just writing in general? Just writing, because we came up with a few general things and then you know, just putting pen to the page and like getting it going. Uh, so are you thinking of something like different potentially than the TikTok thing or what? No, not particularly. I mean, I, I want to do it on something that's like relevant and topical right now. I think it would be fun to see one of these TikTok couples that has something crazy behind the scenes happen. I agree. But we have to think about like what angle of that is interesting and engaging enough to lengthen out to 90 minutes. I think anything where there's backstory, where there like something What's actually that? happened, like a tragedy, and then someone's covering something up, and uh, something that like maybe has a commentary on what's right and wrong in that world today and stuff. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and I. Yeah, something that shows the juice. It's a little different. Of like, oh my gosh, people didn't know this was going down in the TikTok world right now. Bro, how fucking fun it would be for me to do a feature with you, Laura, yep. even yep. your dad, if he wants to yep. get involved. 100%. This whole sphere of the Van Pattens is some shit that I wanted to dive into for a long time. Dude, as, as do we. As do we. We're honored. Fucking go. I mean, bro, that crossover, I think, would be really hype. Because obviously, I got my whole Burnt Mill thing going. Yeah. And let's do it with Burnt Mill. But, yeah. like, the thing is... um, yeah, dude, those you guys just bring like such a fun chill yeah. energy to this stuff. That's like it would be really. Cool. I think it would be some awesome cooks in the kitchen. Absolutely, like our dream of like having a lot of fun making something. Like it, it yeah. would happen. And like you said, like just any time that we're on set together, we yep. we have fun and we need to like not complicate things. The fact that like Laura and Sophia too, like we yeah. we would create some good stuff. I think like some really creative stuff. So completely and. uh 
And part of it too, bro, is like, I feel like my natural like flavor and like what I bring to shit, like that darkness, we talk about this, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like merging of both these things. That's when you get some stuff that's like really dope. So true. And you're very pointed too in your visions and like, you know what you want. Uh, and you're very open to like other feedback and like coming up with new stuff. But like, I respect that you kind of have an idea and you know how to get it done. So thanks bro. You'll figure you're out a way to get better it experience than the Vegas director. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. not a high bar though. So no, no, it's the lowest. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Anyway uh what else my man oh i i dude stuff is still happening with my british show you know still doing that yeah are you in talks with that guy or yeah with my writing partner yeah yeah like we literally just in the uk yesterday morning all the way in the uk uh he has it with this like british um actor producer who they're doing a table read over there soon i mean they they keep going back to the drawing board and writing more, which I'm like, doesn't need to be done at all. Like, so the, you feel you're ready to like jump on this thing and just start moving? Oh my gosh, dude! I think he's <laughs> it, it, the right hands. Why? Because it's just been cooking for forever. Yeah, it doesn't need to keep cooking. Like the the <laughs> bones are there. It's fantastic. It's Emily yeah. in Paris, but at a British drama school, and they all turn out to be complete buffoons that are at like Oxford and stuff. You, know? you guys shoot this in the UK or what? I see it as more of like a UK thing. Yeah, it's got to be authentic. Um, I don't know. I mean, dude, if, if let's say Conan O'Brien wanted to branch out into like producing a you know a young kind of dark comedy about real issues but also a fun world that peter o'toole and ian mckellen ray fines came from that's very topical and different and yet uh surprising it'd be so sick Mm -hmm. it'd it'd be fun and uh so it's just a matter of getting it right in the hands. You know, I think what's meant to be will be, but it's uh, it's been at a standstill for a long time. And then Duke of the Valley. Duke of the Valley. <laughs> <laughs> People need to see Duke of the Valley, bro. Need what's to see going it. On? Just, uh, you know, there's been talks about maybe entering into like film festivals and stuff, but it's all crap, bro. I, I think it's just <laughs> a fun thing. I think, I think like what's meant to be, sometimes you have to just kind of sit on stuff and yeah. that's why I'm doing my Valley mentality stuff and auditioning and, uh, pickleball what's going on with that pickleball <laughs> how have have i brought up to you that i was playing pickleball my dad well maybe you're playing pickleball but there's a the concept about pickleball right pickleball is good bro is that duke of the valley part two or what there'd certainly be some pickleball in duke of the valley it which by the way do you know that's like quickly becoming the everyone in the film industry plays pickleball bro i got this uh the fucking gazette or whatever the fuck that they always put in my mailbox every week. That's like, this is what's new in West Hollywood. They're like the fastest growing sport in West Hollywood pickleball. And I'm like, I immediately thought of you. <laughs> like Duke probably wrote this article. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how funny is that, man? But like my dad's like, you gotta get good at this sport too. Cause everyone in the film industry, you know, it's good for connection. It's like the new golf basically. Yeah. Yep, yep. And it's corny, but are you gonna make it? That's how I'm gonna make it, exactly. Oh, all right, my bro. Yeah, we're about to closing time. We are. Oh, dude, you know what we found out with Valley Mentality, last thing. The 
hoodies, the screen printer kind of screwed up the logo on your hoodie as well. If you dry it, it might like fade. Ah, uh, really? Heads up. So if that's been a little bit of a headache. So I'm going to send out an email to all the people that got the freaking hoodies that were supportive and say like, you have a credit to the shirt and hat for our next drop. Look out for yours. Hell yeah. Love it. Yeah, baby. Generation we, one. Let's go. Dude, it keeps coming. We, uh, we've been doing a lot with it. I went to this new clothing manufacturer for the blanks and literally the factory was so beautiful. Tanner and I, my partner were like, dude, we want to work here. This place is insane. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's so fun that I'm getting to experience this little like fashion world and learn about that, you know? Dude. I mean, it's good that you found if the first one wasn't working out for you and then you found this next bro, it's what it's all about. It's just like learning, shifting gears. You know, you made the first drop. That's fucking huge. You finally did that. Thank you. Yeah. It's been in the work since I first met you. Yeah. Like three years ago. It was a big checkbox. You just did the first step, got it all out. Made yeah. money on it and stuff. And uh, we're really excited. You know, we're keeping the social media big. We feel really cool about it. We just shoot everything on film, basically. Um, it always ends up looking vintage and like cool. And then uh, stuff on film, you mean pictures or video or what? Pictures. And uh, that but we are going to do like this commercial of like what is value mentality coming up too. Um, and then, uh, yeah, dude, doing a uh, this next drop, we're prepping for it. Hell yeah. Oh, and we're going to do launch party. We're going to do launch parties like a big thing. Cool. You got a launch date? Uh, well, like launch party in the sense, because obviously we've already launched, but party of like, it'll be in six weeks at this bar in Sherman Oaks called the Pineapple Hill Saloon. Cool. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, this is the valley. It, it's, <laughs> it is bonkers how valley it is. It's actually. <laughs> Dude, the girl is like famous that owns it. She's famous for like preserving the Valley vibe. In her bar? Yeah. Love it. People like try to like tear it down. She's like, no. <laughs> this is like an, a beacon Duke's of the Valley. Coming. Yeah, Duke's coming. <laughs> All right, my boy. Dude, it was real. Another good one. Another banger. Right? Have a good week, brother. We'll talk soon. You too, my man. Sounds great. Bye.